all right Whew. wow hello guys um <laughs> it's been so long it's been so so long i'm excited to be back here well i'm not yet back back per se but i decided i wanted to record this podcast because it's this particular episode because it is quite special to me right because everything i want to say are things i want to be able to come back to in years time and listen to again and again and again so i'm just a couple of hours away from turning 25 so you can understand why i said it's very special to me because they say it's your they say it's silver jubilee silver jubilee now because you know, I think silver jubilee <laughs> anyway the 25th year in the person's life I, have, I would think culturally we've come to see that it's a very crucial year anyway now you already know that I'm not a fan of trends or all of all things if Naturally, I wouldn't even want to do this because I know a lot of people do something special on their 25th birthday, so I'd like to do something different and not do anything. <laughs> but today, I cannot afford to do that because there's more to this for me than just talking, honestly. So, I'm going to share a couple of stories. I'm going to share a couple of experiences, a couple of things. This is very, um, my heart is actually racing because this is going to be very <laughs> open, maybe too open, <laughs> but I don't mind it anyway. So, so I had intentions of making this an episode where I share 25 lessons I've learned from 25 years of been in existence but to be honest i've learned way more than that and interestingly i don't think i want to even share all 25 i want to just share the ones that stuck with me this year especially and also get the time to appreciate some of the people that made this year a very good year for me right so because I think first things I need to say is that to turning 24 last year was very crazy for me. I was terrified. I was so scared. Um, For the first time in my life, I was so scared. I couldn't tell why, but I was very terrified. In fact, as the day grew closer, as the day drew closer, I was even more terrified. I was so scared. I was so, so scared. Why was I scared? I had no idea. I just knew that there was something coming, but I didn't know what it was. Right? I had no clue where it was. But I just knew there was something coming. I couldn't tell. So the fact that I couldn't tell what was coming scared me. The fact that I didn't know how to prepare for what was coming scared me. And the fact that I didn't know that I didn't know if what was coming was going to be for my benefit or not also scared me and then to top it all up <laughs> I was I was just I was just afraid to be honest I was just afraid right over time the fear mixed a little with excitement so what I did was I decided to do a lot of things like you know to match the energy of the fear. A lot of people felt like ah, but you are going out of your way this year. But it was really me trying to feel the whole thing so that I could understand the fear I was feeling, right? Because I do not like to shy away from my emotions or my feelings. Because I try to understand them, I learn from them a lot. So I, I think for the first time in my life, I took studio. Okay, that's not the first. That's the second time I took studio picture but then i took pictures specifically for my birthday celebration right so i took the advantage to make several pictures pictures i could use for future purposes anyway but you get the idea the motivation was the best thing 
so I took really nice pictures and I kept posting them, you know, prior to his birthday, I was posting, telling stories, telling stories, all of that was just a move to really get my mind <laughs> off the fear, right? So eventually my birthday came, I had my morning prayers, I spent time praying and after I was done praying, of course, I had to receive calls read messages, you know, receive all of that, all the love and care and love really from a lot of people and I was so grateful, I still am and I was still anticipating, right, because sometimes you may not hear the voice of God in your head, you could hear it somewhere else, you could hear it in the words of other people, right, but I knew I was expecting something from God, so I was just there listening paying a lot of attention i was listening i was reading everybody's messages you know with that eyes like down there looking waiting you know <laughs> and i was just happy i was not i had not gotten it but i was feeling you know, a bit more comfortable until a friend of mine a very close friend of mine my friend chidera posted sent me a birthday wish so he sent it to me and I saw what I was <laughs> so what he sent was welcome to Ease Buchi, welcome. Like a lot of other things, but this was the line that stood out for me. He said, Welcome to Ease Buchi, welcome. That was just it. Like my spirit bore witness that that was the word. Now at the time I didn't understand what ease meant. Right, but I mean, you could easily infer that is meant for something to be easy, right? So I was excited. I'm like, oh, makes sense. I was happy. But then again, I was happy, but I didn't know how to approach it. So eventually, it dawned on me that what was happening to me is that I was stepping into a new phase of my life, right? And because I knew I was stepping into a new phase of my life, and being a new phase, I didn't know how to approach it. So it made me afraid, right? I got to understand that a little later, right? So the anchor thing that made me understand that was the message that kept ringing in my head at the time was, what got you here is not what's going to get you there. So for your journey from point A to point B, you might have needed so-and-so strategies, but from point B to point C, you may not need the same, the same strategies that apply for point A to point B may not apply for point B to point C right so i it sort of sank into my mind right and i was getting prepared to um you know get ready you know do what i need to do at point b to c be better right you know putting my heart together getting myself ready and yeah boom 24 i turned 24 and the first half of that of being 24 was just crazy i'm telling you it was like two years merged up in one right so this is where i get to really appreciate some of the relationships i made so um if there's one thing i've had i've had the privilege if there's one thing i've had the privilege to have all my life it's quality people i tell you the truth god has been so faithful that i've always had quality people in my life always had quality people in my life and it's one privilege i do not take for granted right it's it's so crazy that i cannot stop valuing the people that were useful in my life at any point at any juncture like because they may not know but i know the impact my relationship with them had on me or their relationship with me had on me right and a lot of friends were there. There's someone particularly that came into my life in that period that really helped ease off a lot of the, che- the tension in that moment because a lot of things was going berserk at that in the first half. A lot of things were going berserk in my mind, my work with God, my relationship with friends, my business, academic. A lot of things were going, family, a lot of things were just going haywire. I was so down. It's funny enough for the first, for the yeah, 
for like four months in the six months i was weirdly depressed like a lot of people didn't know who i was right obviously nobody can tell when you're depressed except to tell them right and one what thing that happens to me is i i, I could live in denial for a long time so i was not accepting that that was it but eventually one of the days i accepted the facts right and of course the moment you accept the truth you already have solved like 50% of the problem and then now solutions start to like emerge anyway so a close friend a really important relationship i got the privilege to have in that period was um friend of mine chica so she became um one of the people that um made me feel very safe right I thought I learned a lot just observing her right I learned a lot I was able to understand a lot of things that were necessary for me in that new phase you know how you don't know what this new phase of your life is going to be like so you cannot really tell you but this is like things are happening that are like preparing you for this new journey right so if I'm going to say she was one of the people that God strategically placed in my life to like really prepare me for this journey right or rather this phase of my life and i'm super grateful i so i so love her she's so amazing um one of on one of my episodes i would have her here and you guys will hear how cool she is anyway so this chica she taught me something one thing it's that you cannot really love people if you do not love yourself and you cannot love yourself if you do not love people right but it, it put a lot of things in perspective and that's the first lesson you can't really love people without loving yourself the reason why self-love is a thing is because that's the way you can learn quality love right so that's the way you can understand what love really is such that when you now want to love somebody else you know what you're doing you're not just going to be doing it accidentally you're going to do it with a lot of intent or intensity right so yeah that was the first thing i learned you cannot love people without loving yourself first and it just stuck with me right and then in that period um (laughs) a very close friend of mine an amazing guy prince (laughs) my very my very good friend we've been close friends for years now um my business <laughs> my business man <laughs> okay so one of the days he was he came visiting and we were talking while i was in abuja we we're talking and we were just talking about a couple of things and he mentioned something and it stuck with me that statement stuck with me so well right he said 90% of the things we experience are not for us. 90% of the things we experience are not ours. It's not you that is the purpose of your experiences sometimes. It's that there's somebody that needs the lesson you're learning. And in that moment, I was blown away. I think this was one of the major lessons I learned that helped me to really come out of that stage or state where I was of self-pity and you know I was in a rut mental rut I wouldn't lie to you I was in a mental rut so when he said it it just boom resonated with me so crazily and I started to see it it made a lot of sense because I was there's this it happens a lot right I'm going through a certain difficulty with something and the moment I just finish going through that situation somebody will just walk into my life maybe someone i've always known somebody i'm just meeting and there's this thing people somehow open up to me quite easily right maybe not easily but like people open their depth to me right and i love it right and then it's as if the lesson i just learned was for that person and the moment i just tell the person that stuff it's like i forget it it's something that might have cost me days of of pain and you know anguish and sorrow but once i've passed it on to that person 
it's like every sorrow I passed through because of this lesson just enters just goes in, goes into perspective and I don't feel the pain anymore and it's so crazy right so what I learned from that was really that we, we shouldn't be so self-centered right to think of ourselves too much to the point where we forget that we're not just here for ourselves we're here for others right and shout out to Prince an amazing guy a real real G right and then a um, couple of other um, <laughs> so I'm not sure if I'm going to be able to tie every story or every lesson to a friend right but somehow I will do my I will do due justice to the boat because like I said I'm <laughs> I've been blessed with quality relationships I have been trust me i have been blessed with quality relationships and i by no means take it for granted right so another lesson i learned is that you can't love people on your terms you cannot love people on your terms it's not love when you just it's when it's uh, when it is just the way you think of it right um, so this particular one is not a lesson that was that I learned with a lot of happiness. I know. Um, okay, so this lesson was a really um, hard lesson to learn. It was quite difficult for me to come through. I've not cried. I don't think I've cried that much in my life when when what happened happened. Anyway, so it's um so obviously you can tell it was a girl, right? Um yes I was was I served breakfast no, I don't know if I was served breakfast or um I didn't really get my heart I wouldn't say I got my heart broken. I did, but not in that sense. Like you know, like the person left you and you got your heart broken. It's that you eventually come to a point in love where you realize that the same thing you call love, or the thing you understand to be love, is what is killing the one you love. Right? You are the one killing the one you love. And what do you do in such a situation? It is the hardest thing I've ever seen or felt in my life. Where you are the reason why the one you love is hurting. And now you have to to truly love them. You have to step away. Right? Step far away. Far enough that you don't even need to see them. You get... Like seeing them happy makes you happy but knowing that that happiness is sustained by your absence will literally kill you <laughs> right so it's how I understand understood the idea of you cannot love people on your terms so you can't say because I love you we have to stick together sometimes you love people and let them go because to truly express love to them you need them to be fine and sometimes for them to be fine they have to be away from you you that love them so you lovingly let them go (laughs) and their happiness makes you happy but the fact that you cannot share that happiness with them entirely kills you right so before you you think i'm talking about just (laughs) a relationship no i'm talking about um three of my very close friends it all happened in the space of six months right that's the first six months actually and yeah the first six months and um, not all of them phased out in the first six months some of them took a longer time to 
completely take form in that in that way right but it was what happened right and you have to like come to terms with it make do of that reality and suck it up you know you cannot <laughs> you can't do anything about it it's a sacrifice of love right so yeah you cannot love people on your own terms sometimes that expression of love you think you're expressing is not what they want as love so you have to abandon your good intentions or your good expression of love and allow them to teach you how to love them or pay enough attention to learn how to love them because now you have to learn to love the people you you say you truly love because if you just try to do it by your own um, thinking you're going to fail you're going to fail at it you're going to suck and they won't be held responsible when they walk away because you failed it's not their fault you failed at it no it's not They, they cannot be blamed for it right so learning that was a very crucial lesson for me right and then later on um, much later in the year this one is not in the first half now it's in the second half um, I learned that um, sometimes what we do sometimes what we really want is not what we say we want for instance, how I understood this is that I'm a very good friend of mine, Kenneth, one of my best friends. He is one of my um, closest people, right? Like one of my most trusted friends. We talk about a lot of things, right? We don't talk every day, but we, you know, have our times to catch up and we go into depth of a lot of things right and i've enjoyed that relationship for like four years now and it's been so so beautiful funny enough his birthday was just two days ago um <laughs> sorry his birthday was yesterday because i'm recording this today so yeah birthday was yesterday and Kenneth one of the days after his event the major event he was planning for a couple of months we i was the mc i was i helped as the anchor person it was an amazing time we had a lot of laughs a lot of fun taught people and i was so happy he was so happy we're all so glad and excited we left that meeting and then we're like yo let's just go somewhere and listen to something today just call off so funny enough it was um another friend's um, listening party for his song or something like that and we were like just let's go there I had already paid for the tickets so I was like let's go and just do that and come back so we went there and then we we were talking about a lot of things and while going and while coming back we we talked about a lot of things and while in the conversation I realised and I told him in the conversation that I just realised that we don't necessarily want an exceptional life. At least for me, I don't want an exceptional life. What I want is a balanced life. Right? I do not want to be the guy that maybe is touring the whole world every year, speaking to millions of people and not giving my wife enough time, love and attention, or not giving my children enough attention, or not giving my family enough attention. Or not having enough time to spend quality time with God, or you know, be as active or as um, responsible as I would love to be in my local church, or you know, be able to do the things that really matter to me as a human being, right? So if if I would, if I was going to want to maybe be one of those guys that will study for six seven eight hours every day on one particular thing just to be so expe- exceptional i'll tune it down to three hours and i'll spend the meaning three four hours doing other things to have a balanced life so i would want to have a 
quality i want to have quality relationship right quality um quality business businesses right so knowledge of business standard so if it means that <clears throat> i won't achieve all of them at a young age that's all right you get it's like i'm willing to take the risk of not having all of those things of not maybe in quotes being financially free in my 30s or being um a Nobel prize winner in my 30s things like that you know or being a founder of one outstanding innovation or so being an innovator at my in my 30s i don't mind if what i'm going to sacrifice is going to be all of all those little things that make life worthwhile i don't want to sacrifice them i want to have them and have this so if it means to have this it will take me a long time i do not mind taking the long route as far as my children are going to be sitting next to me and my wife is going to be sitting next to me and on the next in the next from the um seats 10 seats from my right 10 seats from my left the first second row behind me i feel that my friends family loved ones and supporters right that would make me more happy so if i'm achieving that in my 40s or in my 50s i will be happy than if i achieved it in my 30s and the whole city is empty and it's just me right like so i want a balanced life not an exceptional life so what i learned what i'm saying is that sometimes it's not what we want that we we, know what we think we want that we truly want we learn what we really want as we grow right and that's the fourth lesson right and then (laughs) so then the the fifth lesson is one that was that i learned from a couple of people not one person a couple of people right i learned it in my relationship with a couple of people it's that the best things in life come take time the best things in life take time right easy come easy goes like it's a principle it's not even a fancy cliche it's just an it's an actual principle whatever comes easy doesn't last if you want something to last spend time building it right it's not like you intentionally spend more time than necessary you get but you know the things that take time to build actually are things that have the, the potential to last right so you cannot use no matter how much money you have no matter how much money you have you cannot build a skyscraper in a couple of months no matter how like maybe like six months you can't do it no matter how much money you have you take time to do it right like it might take you a year at least to do it right no matter how much money you have in fact to even build it as fast as a year i'm talking of a skyscraper i'm talking about world standard skyscraper like the Burj Khalifa or something like that you cannot build it in one year you, you're not you did not burn you well you get it's like but there are thousands of there, there are places where you can build like you can build like 100 houses in less than one year estates and they are like developing all of them at once you have like 200 houses they're building of them and in one year they've erected structures everywhere right so the idea is that for some certain things it takes longer to build and that's because of how how much effort would go into this thing and this effort is what tells you how valuable whatever this is be right and it's worth it in the end it's completely worth it so that idea is um, something i learned observing some friendships right so how it is is that i had to meet some really nice people oh this weather is cool i said to meet some really amazing people right and some of them were making efforts you know to really get close and everything and you know the particular friend of mine at the time we used to talk and she used to be like that before she used to be so anxious to talk to me right she's like i don't know what to say you know because she was quite anxious she sort of like you know how somebody can see you and be like ah, i would like to know this person but you know because of that anxiety that the fact that um i can look quite unapproachable 
even though I'm a, a very a very sweetheart. I don't know why people don't believe me, but I'm a sweetheart. If you know me, you know. <laughs> so I, I could look quite unapproachable, especially if I'm under the sun. <laughs> anyway, so she was telling me when we had started talking, and I was like, but don't you see it's working out now? She was like, yeah, it is, because she just stopped trying so hard and things just flowed. And I guess the best things don't really need you to kill yourself for them. They just find a way of working out, you know, seamlessly without too much struggle, right? So, right, so the best things take time. And then even built into my mind in the sense that okay so to be to be totally um, um to be thorough um this is something i really decided to learn right um i think those relationships in that period went further to further elaborate that to me because i know that before then i used to always say things like if it's if it's right it can't wait right so for instance if i'm very anxious to do a certain thing tonight and i'm just feeling only excitement so much excitement that i cannot um objectively evaluate this thing right like objectively evaluate it and because of the rush of excitement i will just tell myself in that moment if it is right then you can wait so if i like leave that action maybe i'm feeling so excited i want to text a particular person and i'm like wait if it's very right if it's right then it can wait it means that by tomorrow i should still be feeling this excitement so if i stop and i don't text that person that time and by the next day i'm still feeling the excitement and i know that it is now it is deeply seated like it's deep rooted it's not just a momentary thing right so i'll be more comfortable more confident sending it the next time right so if it is right i can wait so yeah that's <laughs> the fifth <laughs> um so the sixth would be something i learned from my coach my amazing coach coach fair um, and that's like um the first thing i learned that started to help me now the second six months or the second half has been tremendously amazing like it has been so amazing i'm so 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 grateful for it and a major person right that got brought into my life would be my coach right um the first conversation we had i just knew that oh boy this was one of the best decisions i've made in my life finding this man like i just knew and as if he also felt it in that moment like we connected like you forget normal coach client kind of connection like we actually did connect and i've learned so much from him like so much and the lesson that i learned in first was that <laughs> he said it he said there's a difference between worrying and reasoning had <laughs> the difference between worrying and reasoning and then the difference is that when you're worrying you're not thinking of solutions you're just going around the problem when you're reasoning you're thinking about solutions and <laughs> as as simple as it sounds it was so profound because <laughs> weirdly we tilt we we scale that line every now and then Right, we just tip to the left and tip to the right. We're hardly in the center where there's balance. We're always maybe here or there, right? So either either reasoning too much or worrying too much or one of the both. Right, it's hardly an issue of balance reasoning and balance. So in fact, there's no need for worry to be in it, to be to be to be fair, right? So yeah, so I learned that. Wow, it's about to rain, but I'm not going to stop. So you're going to enjoy my voice in the rain. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, so I learned that from him, and that became that started a chain reaction of other lessons that I learned and other stops I got to like understand over time. 
it has it has really helped me it has really really helped me um so i think i don't know how much how long this has been whoa 35 minutes okay so i plan to make this like a two-part podcast i won't fight you if you don't listen to all of them this is obviously not for everybody it is first and foremost for me for myself and anybody that would like to know <laughs> so i'm not i'm not sorry i'm sure you're enjoying the story if you're listening but then let me let me cut this and come back with the next couple and then that would be it So, I've changed my location. I'm now lying down. <laughs> um, so, yeah. At the second part. So, the next lesson was... I think I learned this from one of my friends. Okay, she's a mutual friend. But she became my friend. Or she, she started off as a mutual friend. And then later on, um, we became really close friends. Um, I call her my G. Right, her name is Nonya. So one of the days she was at the house, she does me, her and my friend Mecha, which is her friend that I got to know her from. So we're all talking and then I asked her something and then she gave me a very beautiful answer. So simple but so profound. Um I don't I'm not going into the details because it's like a very long question and answer. So let me just good straight to what i got out of it right so it's like um when people say things like um um see finish or familiarity you know in terms of trying to say that you know spending a lot of time with someone and a lot of things like that would make you get tired of them easily and all that as true as that may be in a sense in a very in a, in a specific context that's true but something that's more true than that is the fact that you can't really get tired of people if your perspective of relationship is growth sensitive because the idea is that people keep growing and morphing into new things so the fact that i knew you i've known you for 10 years doesn't mean doesn't necessarily mean that you've been the same for the last 10 years now there are people who do not necessarily change or improve themselves those are like the exceptions to the rule but in general in most cases a lot of people make efforts to make improvements sometimes improvement may not be so phenomenal or so humongous but they are there especially if you're looking to find those improvements right so i learned from this friend of mine that you cannot get tired of people if you're really looking at them from that growth perspective right and it changed my mind a lot in a lot of things and it sort of went into it, it, it added to the to some of the things I was already learning about relationship with people. So it's like loyalty has nothing to do with okay, this is a different lesson though. Anyway, so that's right what I'm I got out of it. And then the next thing is that loyalty has nothing to do with flaws and perfection. Right? It's like you don't you're not loyal to people because they are not flawed you're loyal to people in spite of their flaws right the idea is that if you're looking for perfect behavior you never find it so to first and foremost admit that there is no perfect person first of all gives you the mindset to permit their inadequacies when they present it right and then 
to further go into that, it means that when you're looking out and engaging with people and you're finding the beautiful parts of them, also be willing to find the not so beautiful part of them, the flawed part of them, because those the combination of both is what makes them. So if I love you, I should not love you less the day I see the, you know, the would-be, I call it indecent part of you, you know, or the, the, the less, the less beautiful part of the person, right? So, the love is not meant to dwindle at the site of opposition or contradiction, right? You know, it, it, it has to be constant. So it's like I'm not appreciating you or loving you because of the things that you're doing right. It is because of the things you're doing right and despite the things you're doing wrong. There has to be that balance. If not, the day we begin to see the things they do wrong, it will cancel out all of the rights they've done. And that's unfair because there's nobody that can live up to such standards. As a matter of fact, the, one of the truest definitions of love is that love drives away fear. And what that means is that if you love someone, they should be bold enough to give you their best and their worst without fear right so then i learned that right and then (laughs) another um beautiful relationship i have and funny funny sorry funny that i mentioned that is I, I did, I'm sorry, I, I, I missed tell you who I learned that from, is my friend Luther Namdi. So, Namdi is one of the most loyal people I know on the face of the earth, and I'm not even joking, right? So, Namdi would hype you. Once you are like his friend, and he believes, like, he has that, he's a loyalist, that's just the way to describe Namdi. Right? Once he has selected you and put you as someone he cares about, forget it. It's as if he's blinded to your errors. Do you get? Even in even if in the moment you do it, you do something and you're like, ah, I think I overstepped, he would feel it but not act upon it. Right? In a sense, like he just absorbs it almost in me. I don't know how he does it, but it's so amazing, right? I had to spend a bit of time to observe it, and I'm like, oh, wow. Wow. Right? And it's something I've... I love so much about him, right? And I tried to see, right, and understand a, a lot more about that, and it's anchored on that idea of loyalty not being a factor of just beauty or flaws it's like even in the like the, a loyal friend is not somebody that will leave you when you get it wrong right so it's like loyalty spans beyond just flaws right it's like in your flaws i'm your friend in your best I'm still there you know and that says a whole lot that says a whole lot right so the next thing I've learned is (laughs) this one is very funny one because the way I learned it it's so this one is from my 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 right hand man Tony. Um, so I'll call you a couple, I might call you a number of people and refer to them as my right hand man. So don't misunderstand it. I might have no more than one right hand. <laughs> like the point is, I think they're, they're, I don't think, but I know their relationship I've had that are just too priceless, right? 
so saying just saying he's my friend doesn't do justice to it like the people that i've mentioned in this part in this particular episode are like yo they're so they're just too dear to my heart like they're just too dear to my heart so there's tony right i learned from tony that if you want to do it if you really want to do something like if you want to do something right you really have to be willing to put yourself right you may not need to do it yourself entirely but you must know that it is your responsibility fundamentally to get anything you want to you want you want done to be done right right if like your own you're the only one that can do it the way you'll be satisfied right so Tony's a businessman right he's a young person I think he's just a year older than me even though this is an information he uses to kill to literally cut my head every time <laughs> the fact that he's one year older than me I introduced him as my uncle you will not believe Tony's just a year older than me if you see me and him you think he's like 30 years older Anyway, <laughs> he wants to get old so far, so I'm not going to help him be young. Let him stay old. <laughs> anyway, so um, he has over the couple of years, he's run several businesses, and I seen something. Right, first of all, Tony is like an epitome of humility. Right, he does. He knows a lot. Does a lot, and is so valuable in a lot of affairs relationship wise money wise in a lot of areas and you cannot tell by his response to things or people right you can't tell it's impossible to tell right? it's like he's so humble and i'm not saying humble in the subservient way you know i mean he knows his what like he's so aware of his what but he doesn't look down on people or make people feel inferior at any time i've hardly seen anybody that me him no i've not i don't think i have so i think one of the things i've learned from tony is humility right but that's not what i want to talk about now i'm talking about that part where he has taught me to you know you have to go out on your out of your way to really get what you want Right, you're only you're the you're the only one that can satisfy you. So to wait for somebody to give it to you to hand it to you is <laughs> is a silly desire. It's you want this, go out and get it. It's just that simple. Right. So it's um you could be I could talk to Tony for like an hour about something I'm trying to figure out and all he's seeing is just the solution. Like from the point A after talking to point B to point C, everything I'm saying is just seeing one thing. And then I'm done talking. He just point that one thing out. And it always goes back to okay, see what you have to do, you know. And at the end of the day, that thing is your responsibility that once you do it, you're fine. <laughs> Alright, so so yeah. I learned that from from Tony, right? And then, wow, I learned from an amazing friend of mine, Mecha, my one-time roommate, brother, friend, confidant, an amazing guy, so amazing, so, so, I love the guy so much, he taught me the value of diligence, right? So Mecha is that one guy that can sit on a task for six hours and not move until he gets it done. Like, if you give him a task, he needs to get done or more. Forget anything that is important. If that task is not done, he won't stand up. He's so diligent that he cannot say yes to the things he cannot do you get it's like once he says yes just go and rest just go and sleep because he will deliver and you deliver well like so we 
we stayed in the same apartment for a while, right? And while there, we, we have a couple of things we do together, right? We have these when we spend time, we just, we have our movie days, having movie evenings or something, we just, just get a new movie, we just watch movies, eat, just, and that's it for that day, right? We used to live like a couple. <laughs> <laughs> it was so interesting right so um and then when we are working we have our own different ways of working right it was so nice that when what happens is i'm a nice person right he's not entirely a nice person but if he needs to be awake at night to get the job done he will have to be awake at night but i'm a nice person so sometimes he would sleep and once he wants to go to bed, he wake me up. You know, I'll sleep when he needs to be up. You know that kind of thing. It was so good that if I had a if I had a task to meet up with, it was not difficult because I have someone that was also very focused around. So it was that I had that communal energy and. It was such a beautiful thing, right? Sharing an experience with him, right? I learned a lot on diligence, commitment, your commitment, like being really committed to things without looking back. Yeah. Meta was the guy for that. And then, hmm, this episode or this podcast will not be complete if I do not mention my mentor and friend Pastor Felix yo (laughs) I cannot even start to tell you the number of things I've learned from that man but God of heaven God knows how much I love him and how pivotal his influence has been in my life I am so grateful for that Right, and I think one of the biggest lessons he learned, he taught me without ever saying it, is the impact of counsel. Right, you see, we often sometimes we want to get advice from people. Right, and there's a very there there are ways there are lots of ways I'm going to explain this. Sometimes we want to get advice from people. Sometimes the reason why we want to get advice from people is because. We're not so sure of ourselves, so we're not confident in our decision, right? In the quality of our own decisions. Sometimes it's because we are trying not, we are trying not to, we are trying to hide from taking responsibility. So we are like trying to ask somebody else's opinion, especially somebody we consider to be um, older more knowledgeable you know something like that simply because we want to be able to say sir or you know simply because we want to be able to share the failure with somebody else when it comes such that we don't have to be the ones to carry the failure alone right and in that we forget that primarily it's our experience it's our own journey it's our own life and whatever comes out of it, we reap the benefit first before anybody else. Right? So he taught me the importance of counsel. Right? He taught me the importance of counsel, advice. So it made me understand the best way to give people opinions on things and also to receive counsel on things. A lot of times when you're giving advice or receiving advice, even at least let me use when you're giving advice for instance. A lot of times when you're giving advice to people, for instance, you do not realize that you're telling your own story. But that's not what is necessary. Because in the bit tell your own story, you stop making the conversation about the person that needs an advice from you and you make it about yourself. And the moment it becomes about yourself, that thing you're saying becomes less applicable for that person because now you're going to be telling them that thing from your own perspective from how it has applied or how it has worked for you 
right and if you don't step out of it whatever you tell them will be ineffective for them because you're going to use your own prejudices your own biases your own you know experiences to give a counsel to somebody who is entirely different from you with different experiences with different biases with different prejudices right so in giving counsel you have to take your own self out of that opinion and it's one of the things you learn in we learn in coaching right as a life coach you don't tell personal stories right you go straight to the main point you are your focus is on the person you're talking you're listening to right you're wanting your focus is to find solutions from them for them from the things they are saying you don't tell personal stories like nobody as a professional life coach does not tell personal stories you know and he helped me so much learning that from him and he also helps in receiving counsel where once you once you begin to hear certain things you're like okay this is not for me let me allow this person finish right and you can clearly pick out the right things you need to pick and not pick the biases that comes with it or the prejudices that comes with it and that's something another thing i learned from pastor felix is your story is your responsibility you're the writer of your own story no matter how terrible your past is or was it is yours so whatever you make out of it is what you live in so if you decide that your story was a terrible was a terrible story but you would not stay it wouldn't hold you back so you wouldn't be a victim of your story then you won't be a victim right so if you take responsibility for that experience and make changes to it you will not be a victim you know if you don't you might be a victim you know so if your story is yours fundamentally you're the one in charge of your story you're the one writing the story so if you're not going to do anything for yourself at least permit yourself to write that story with as much creative freedom as possible right and just maybe that's all it would take to make that story a worthwhile story right and yeah i don't know the number that i am now <laughs> uh and then the now the couple of my friends that have not said anything about in terms of the lessons i've learned from them but uh, <laughs> well, the, the reason is because these friends of mine are like um they're like they they are weirdly woven into my life in a way that um i don't even see them anymore as friends like it's like i don't count if i want to count my friends i don't count them because i i, I would say they're in like a different category of people right as important as they are to me right but they're like in an entirely different league <laughs> they're like they have a different they play in a different league in my life <laughs> Right, and then these people I've been talking about are like people that are, you know, joining the league. <laughs> anyway, so, um, these are my um, close pals, right? That were um, a major part of my formative years. That helped me to really understand what I really wanted, right, in their own ways, right, both by questioning like you don't we do not value the we do not sometimes know the power of disagreement until we learn or until we grow to a certain extent right these are my guys the ones i argue we argue with or i argued with for like hours 
right on different topics right the ones we are in funny enough we argue we just we don't argue and go and get food to eat together right where we've shared so much so much so so much and they've just become like family to me so that's Adi, Victor, John, Kingsley, Nelson, Uche, Uche Uche, <laughs> um, and then Pyrus, of course, Pyrus. Alright, so yeah. Now, there are other friends of mine that, um, are also very priceless to me but uh, they're not featured in this episode because the lessons I'm talking about are lessons from the last one year right it's not like lessons from the whole of my life it's just like lessons from the last one year so yeah so maybe on one of these days I would get to appreciate them even more but um are two people I really want to say something about is two people that really helped me in my in my faith work and in building my sense of person like sense of identity is Nduche and Amichi. These are two close solid friends. I think Amichi I've been friends with Amichi for about eight years now. I've been friends with Nduche for about six, close to six years now. Right. Nduche was my senior colleague when I was in veterinary school. And my, he, was, he played the role of a big brother or a mentor or a friend. Like, he was, I, I loved guys so much. Right. And then... He helped me navigate a lot of things, right? So, so yeah. And then finally, the last lesson, which is like the lesson where that that caps everything that is in my life right now, is the lesson of being intentional. And that is what I learned from my friend Chia. He taught me what it means to be intentional right now if I okay let me not say he well, yeah, he taught me what it means to be intentional well, obviously subconsciously right he made me really understand what the value of intentionality right of being very sincere with yourself of being very true to yourself right being authentic you know um yeah I'm grateful for 25 I'm grateful for my friends I'm grateful for you that would be listening to this <laughs> I'm grateful for my family honestly I'm grateful for my family my mom my dad my sisters, my brothers, my in-laws. I'm so grateful for them, especially my mom and my sisters. You see these people? I don't take them for granted one bit. So I don't know how people can stand, like can afford to not value women, like the women in their lives. I don't know how people do it, but yo, I come from a family of super women, like, the women in my family are just extraordinary, and as, if, if you're my future wife and you just happen, and you happen to be listening to this podcast, whether now or later in the future, my dear, competition deal, competition deal because the benchmark is not the people that are outside 
the benchmark is these people that I'm telling you about. My mom is my first girlfriend. She's like my biggest benchmark. So, brace up, treat your wife, brace up. <laughs> but don't worry, you have me. You'll be fine. I'll train you, give you coaching. I'll coach you. You'll do all right. <laughs> okay. So yeah, that's um, that's it. My dad, I love my, I love, and then my cousin, my cousin, my cousin Paul, Doctor Paul, wow, Mama. I tell you that I've been blessed with quality relationships. Don't even, don't, don't doubt. I'm sure you're not doubting, but still don't doubt, because I can spend hours talking about this. And I won't even I won't even need to exaggerate one line. There's nothing I've said so far that has been an exaggeration. Not a single line of statement. It's so imp- it's so incredible. I I just realized that I didn't even mention <laughs> some of ah more. I don't want to cry or <laughs> sound somehow in this recording I just want to but honestly I've been graciously blessed with people graciously blessed with people I am so so grateful for this privilege to have this quality of people in my life I just really pray God strengthens me, gives me the wisdom to be able to properly manage these beautiful relationships and build these relationships, you know, and sustain these relationships. I know we don't, we, not everybody would stay in your life. And I'm happy that I don't take my relationships for granted, but I want to be sure that I give my best, or that I give my best the relationships that I have the privilege to enjoy and to be sure I give my absolute best so yeah I'm I'm grateful I'm so grateful I've learned a lot I'm just 25 and I can tell you that I've learned so much I've learned so much I've, I've, I've been really blessed Ah, Jesus Christ. I did not mention Jesse. Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Ah. Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. God of heaven. <sighs> well, I'm still going to actually send episodes to these people. So, we'll make up. I'll be able to make up for it. So yeah, thank you for listening. If you were able to stay up to this point, <laughs> and if you stayed up to this point, that says a lot about you. Really, I see it does say a lot, say a lot about you, and I'm, I'm super grateful for it. So, thank you so much for this privilege. I'm grateful to God. This is the beginning of a new era, of a new phase, of a new journey. It gets better from this point on. It's going to be fun. Thank you.